We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. All right, looks like we're on. We're live on Facebook. Hi, this is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability Podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Uh, here once again with my co-host, Eric Yoon of Standout Marketing in Bakersfield. Eric, welcome back. How are you doing? Eric Yoon is, uh, for those of you who've been listening, he's a, a great marketing expert out there in Bakersfield, California. He's got his own marketing firm, marketing agency, Standout Marketing. So today we're going to continue uh, what we started last week, last Monday, on the, uh, you know, how much should you charge? Really, what is the value-based price that you should be charging? And today we're going to talk about the art of pricing because... The reason why a lot of business owners struggle with setting the, the correct price, and not even just small business owners, but even large corporations, um, because at the end of the day, to really um, appreciate and understand the value that you bring to the market, to your ideal customer, um, there's a lot of art behind it. Um, in other words, it's very subject can be very subjective. So you really have to do a lot of investigative work, a little bit of research, really understand and appreciate the value that you bring to the market. And also, and we'll touch base upon this as well, but even just touching base and talking to your potential target market to get them to get them to give you feedback of, of what they value in you and your products and service. Um, so originally today, we we're going to have Kevin Stieb of uh, SBA Los Angeles, and we we're going to talk about the holy grail of, of marketing and sales. Uh, unfortunately, had a family emergency, so we are going to postpone that till next Monday. So Definitely want to come and tune in next Monday morning at this time as I talk to Eric, and he's a great, great marketer, a great friend of mine. And so we're going to have a great time talking with him as well. So why don't we go ahead and start talking about the art of pricing. Now, so last week we kind of delved into it and talked about some of the challenges even some of the large corporations have had. There's, uh, I give the example of, of Subway with their $5 foot long promotion that's been running for I don't know how many years, seems like five, six years. Um, and so the price for that promotion has been flat for a number of years and yet all their costs are, are going up. And so their margins are being squeezed. And so the challenge of that is, you know, because a lot of businesses, large and small, think that when you set a price uh, a little bit on the lower end of really what you're worth, um, that you'll attract more customers. Um, and that may be true, but uh, very rarely does those increase in customers uh, offset the loss in profit margins. So what happens is you end up, a lot of businesses end up working a lot harder um, just to stay afloat or just to stay at par from where they were. And so using price as kind of a lead bait uh, to get customers uh, can be very challenging. And so, you know, when JCPenney's did this uh, about three, four years ago, uh, they lost a billion dollars in that first year with that kind of everyday low price model. And so when corporations like that that have all the resources to attract customers, when they can't get it right, um, you know, who's to say that the average small, medium-sized business can, can do that as well? So all that to say is be careful about using price as kind of a lead bait to attract more customers. It oftentimes does not work. Um, so it looks like, Eric, looks like you're back on. Looks like your signal's good. 
Yes, I am here. All right, good. So how was your weekend? Good to go. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. A little busy, but it's good. Good so problem you, to have. You weren't uh, really at any Super Bowl parties or anything? No, I was... Um, I was just watching the kid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hanging out with my family. We're not really a huge football family. But we talked yeah. the last, uh, like, five minutes of it. All right. It was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, it was a good game. It was a good game, and I was in a football pool, and then the, I think uh, the first quarter, second quarter, um, um, Philadelphia messed me up. I think it was Philadelphia. Or no, it was New England. Um they scored a touchdown. I said, okay, if they get this extra point, I might win this quarter. And then uh, they go for two. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyways, no, it was a good game. So, good game. yeah, so today, you know, like I said, we're going to talk about uh, the art of pricing. So I want to get into that. And I know before we hopped on, you had a question that popped up in your head um, during the week. Um, so, Eric, if you had a question or comment you want to start with, uh, let's, let's do that. Yeah, just because pricing is always um, – just something I, I think about, but I sometimes work with some startups and, you know, when they're setting their pricing, you know, I, I, the question I have is uh, how do they set their uh, prices and how do they set a value, you know, to their product or services when they're still starting up and maybe they don't have as much experience, you know, and uh, a lot of feedback and things like that. So for startups, um, how do you yeah. appropriately price? <clears throat> So when, when you talk about experience, are you talking about just business experience or customer experience? Uh, customer experience. Okay. And yeah, not necessarily business. I mean, I mean, like they could have been doing it for a while, but, um, but yeah, but as maybe they just actually started this new brand of product or service. So how do they appropriately price that? Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's a good question. And uh, it's a very appropriate and regardless of their startups or have been in business for a while, that's still a, a relevant question is, is how do you, how do you price self effectively uh, come up with the right value-based approach? And so for a startup, you know, yeah, they don't have a lot of customer experience to draw off of. And so, you know, when I talk about business um, entrepreneurs have been in business for a while, I always, to tell them, you know, really need to survey your customers, ask the customers, what is it that they appreciate about you? What is the, what is the value that they appreciate about you? Uh, for someone just starting out, you can do something similar is that once you have your ideal target market in mind is to go and survey, um, talk to people that are your potential customers and kind of tell them a little bit about your product and service. And um, maybe if you have samples or something that you can give them and try out, they can give you some feedback of what they feel that it's worth. Um, but that's always tricky about having the customer themselves tell you how much they would charge or how much they would be willing to pay because a lot of people just still want to pay the least amount possible. So, right. so that's not really a good barometer because as long as the price matches the value, they're going to they're gonna pay regardless if they desire to pay a lower price anyway. They'll still find a reason to want to pay because they just appreciate what you have to offer. So, you know, we talk, the, the title of this, this today's podcast is about the art of pricing. So it is very, there's a lot of art behind it. Um, yes, you definitely need to cover your costs plus some to make sure you make some kind of profit. But at the end of the day, what is the value that you bring and what is the price that's um, associated with that? And so when, um, you know, a lot of times startups also, because I, I, you know, I asked that question about experience, their lack of business experience or their lack of customer experience. Because a lot of startups will look at their lack of business experience 
and say, maybe I should price myself lower than some of my competitors that are out there on the market. Um, so that's a mistake as well. Just because you haven't had, you haven't been on the market for a period of time does not mean your product or service isn't worth what you should be charging. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you, they automatically will, will low, keep their price a little bit lower than their competitors, even if their quality, their service or something about them is, is better than somebody else. But just using the kind of excuse of because I haven't had enough experience in consulting or I haven't been, I'm not as well-known brand um, as my competitors, that I need to set the lower price. And last week, remember, we, I used the coffee uh, as an example. Mm-hmm. that, you know, here's Starbucks, a major international brand, but I have all these mom and pop coffee shops around me that charge significantly more for their cup of latte than a Starbucks latte. Mm-hmm. So I always like to use that example because that's very relevant because there's tons of, at least in Southern California, just tons of small coffee houses. But because they're, what, what their customers, what they like about these small coffee houses is sometimes the atmosphere is better. It's not as crowded as a Starbucks the taste, the type of beans that they use and how they roast it. You know, I think these smaller coffee houses like to pride themselves as being more, um, more gourmet. And I think they take more care in how they roast or how they choose the beans. It comes from a renewable source, you know, all this and that. And the customers appreciate that aspect of it. So that's a great example of how price isn't an issue. You don't have to open up a, an independent coffee shop and feel you have need to price yourself lower than Starbucks right. or a piece of coffee. So it's, mm-hmm. So I don't know if that helps, but you know, art, yeah. the art of pricing is, is kind of tough. Mm-hmm. So there's actually, I, I do this little survey once in a while when I have a group of entrepreneurs um, and coffee is one of them. Cars is another one, gas and shoes. I look at these, those four different types of products and I ask them, I give them choices of, you got to choose one, uh, what will help you determine what coffee to choose, what car to choose, what gas to choose, or what shoes to choose, you know, to purchase. So for coffee, I listed taste, brand, price, or atmosphere. What is the top thing that's going to drive you to purchase that coffee? For cars, is its its utility, how you use it, Um, the speed, durability, price. And then for gas, is it the convenience? Is it the price? Is it the brand name, Chevron versus 76? Is it the grade of, of gas? And for shoes, is it the comfort? the style, the brand, the color, the price. So I have all those four choices, those choices for those different types of products. And invariably price is the least chosen of the top reason they would choose to use to choose to purchase any of those products. Right. Right. And and gas, you know, that's definitely a commodity, no matter what these commercials will tell you, but gas primarily is, is a commodity. Yet price is very low on the totem pole. It's convenience is usually the number one. Right, so people aren't going to go drive around, waste more gas to go find the lower price. Um, so, and so it's 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 interesting when you look at when you do that. Um, these are all products that we all know, and we're all going to buy at some point. And so, price is usually the least um, um, the least important uh, for customers when they go to choose what product to purchase. Mm. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think the main reason why people lower prices, um, especially in starting up, is they're trying to get a foot in the door, you know, and um, get some people, at least a small clientele to start with. But just from what you're saying, there's so many other uh, factors that could play into that other than price. There's a lot of different avenues you could take to get your foot in the door. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, also, I feel like it's almost like a 
you have to grow a passion for your product and service and really dissect, you know, all the pieces of it and why it's worth what it's worth too. Mm -hmm. Um, like I like how you split those into the categories. I think that's so good. Yeah. So it goes back to really understanding what your value is. What is it that you're good at? What is it that you're really strong at Mm -hmm. and market that, right? So the problem, you know, problem with some of these startups and, like I said, it's not even a startup issue. It's even business that's been in existence for a while is they're trying to, uh, they have this kind of lack mentality. Like there's not enough customers out there to keep them going. Um, so they try to they cast too wide of a net. They try mm-hmm. to attract everyone they can. And so what happens when their marketing message is just pretty diluted. So when you look at, you know, these examples I gave about coffee cars, gas shoes, you know, what is that one thing that you really, that's really strong for you? You know, what is the strength of your, your product? And so if it's going to be the atmosphere of your coffee house, well, you're going to, in your branding, you're really going to showcase with the imagery, the atmosphere of your coffee house, this place to really sit back and relax, enjoy your cup of coffee, maybe enjoy it with some friends. And maybe you have a great outdoor patio area. I mean, imagine if you had a, an outdoor patio area that maybe looked over the woods or maybe looked over the beach or something, you would really highlight those kind of things, right? Because mm-hmm. people that want to go to the coffee house to really sit and maybe relax and have a great atmosphere as they enjoy their latte or cappuccino, that's going to be very attractive to them, right? right. So now your marketing message gets a little bit tighter. Because well, the imagery that you use, and even the the, the slogans or whatever you whatever marketing um, copy that you use is going to be uh, centered around um, selling the atmosphere of your mm-hmm. of your brand, right? Yeah. So now it becomes now you start to attract the right type of people that appreciates that. So the price that you charge isn't going to be so much of an issue because they're not here just for the coffee. I mean, sure, right. I mean, if it's your coffee is really bad, then they're going to come back. But if you make a decent cup of coffee. They're going to love it mainly because the atmosphere, because that's what you're selling, right? So you got to get beyond product and service that you're selling. What is the strength of your brand and, and, mm-hmm. and push that? Then you can start to identify who is your ideal target market? Who's your ideal client? Right. Right. Cause there's some people that are saying 425 for a cup of latte, forget it. And maybe the atmosphere to them is not a big deal because they just want to get in and get out. Mm-hmm. So for people like that, I say go to Starbucks, right? Cause they're faster. <laughs> They're kind of right. like the McDonald's of coffee, isn't, aren't they? <laughs> no, absolutely. I know. I mean, I used to work at Starbucks, and it's funny because, um, especially during the morning rush, we would time it, and there's a timer going, and making sure we have to have, try to. There's like a goal of like try to get them in and out in 50 seconds. <laughs> you know, like, don't let make them wait at this window longer than 50 seconds, and right. you know, have to like just keep it going. And so, but I came yeah. to Starbucks. And I was kind of thinking like, oh, like, you know, we could build a relationship with the people and, you know, kind of like talk and get them. Like, yeah. But when I got in, they're like, no, there's a timer going. We got to make sure to get out of here. <laughs> Say hello and goodbye at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> a really amazing hello and goodbye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got to appreciate your brand. So, you know, if, if, if customers come in and they're complaining about the speed, you know, your coffee shop, you're more concerned about the experience that you're delivering, um, the the quality of the espresso that you're pulling, you know, you're not, you're not worried about the speed, right? And that's not your target customer. So if they're going to complain, you say, Hey, you know, you should go to Starbucks because they're a lot faster. If that's your concern, go to them. Right. Right. Because you want people around you that are going to kind of breed the same thing, right? If the, the, if if your customers just appreciate that atmosphere, appreciate the experience, then they're going to, 
bring their friends in because they typically hang around with similar people, right? To have similar likes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, knowing, knowing your strength and just going after that and market that is, is hugely important. So going back to the startups is how do you set your price is you get to really understand what is your strength, you know, get mm-hmm. into what is your core strength. So as you're talking to potential customers, your target audience, it's not so much asking them for feedback on how much you're going to, they'll be willing to pay. Mm-hmm. It's find out what is it about my product and service that stands out and that you appreciate. <clears throat> right. And then those that even are in business, I just have a, a client right now, they've been in business about 15, 16 years and they're concerned about changes in the market demand and all that. And so I, I asked them, I said, well, what do your customers say? When's the last time you did a survey to, um, to understand what the customer really appreciates about you. And so mm-hmm. they haven't had one and they don't know when they've had one actually. So, um, so I said, that's a great place to start is let your customers tell you what is the strength of your brand, right? Instead of me trying to guess, even as a consultant, I can get, I can, I can look at it and see, I can see what the strength of your brand is, but maybe your customer base, your lo- especially your loyal customer base, maybe they're appreciating something different than I'm even looking at. Right, because mm-hmm. we we have different strengths, but but what is it that your customers really like? So, for those that have been in business for a while, okay, go to your lo- loyal customers and ask them, what do you appreciate about us? Right, and then from there, then you find out what their demographic profile is. Okay, are they coming from a certain location? Do they have a certain economic stand? Um, you know, do they come from a certain economic background or a certain level of education or have a certain amount of kids or you know, whatever? There's a lot of different parameters. You know, start to understand who they are as customers. Um, when you understand who your loyal customers are, now you go after more of them. So, okay, this is our target market. Now I should go after more of them because they're willing to pay the price that I'm charging. Right, they're willing to pay the price that I'm, I'm actually worth. Um, and then similar to, you know, just for startups is going uh, as you're interviewing and surveying your potential target audience and people are, and they're giving you some feedback about what they appreciate about you. Now you get their demographic profile and say, okay, here's our, here's the profile of what our, our deal target market is and let's go after them. Mm-hmm. So, so does that help? Yeah, absolutely. That helps a lot. Any, any other, uh, questions or issues around um, pricing that uh, maybe you've heard from potential clients in the past or just as you just observe as we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now? <laughs> There's something I'm wondering about because definitely, um, especially doing uh, social media marketing, um, giveaways are a huge thing that you could build some following and some buzz around. And mm-hmm. um, so, um, so my question regarding that is how do discounts and giveaways affect your pricing model or the value or, you know, the value of your product that's communicated. So how does the, yeah. So there's, I think there's two parts, I guess, two parts to that question. Um, how does discounts affect how you market or how's it, yeah, look, I mean, how's it reflect on you? Cause I just wonder sometimes if doing too many, you know, giveaways, does that start to devalue your product and service or doing yeah. a bunch of discounts? Does it, you know, at what point does it start to really affect the value of your product that's yeah, so I, I'll say for discounts can you know if you're trying to uh, really create that more high quality image, um, then continuous discounts well discounts that 
<laughs> discounts yeah. that image. Yeah. If you're always offering discounts, then it doesn't really, you don't really look like a high quality, high value um, mm-hmm. product and service. Giveaways, if anything, I say giveaways are better than discounts. Mm-hmm. So in other words, let them have a taste of what you're about, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, you know, eBooks, I know you do a lot of eBooks and stuff. So when we can give away uh, an eBook of consulting service or, you know, cause that's typically, or, or even just an eBook of how to do tech well, building an app, you know, how, you know, a little eBook and how to a starter, uh, a starter kit on how to build an app. Well, that could potentially lead to somebody actually just hiring you to build an app. And so that's always good. I'd say the giveaways are better as far as maintain your brand image of quality than discounting would. Um, because one, you always, everybody wants to be able to experience before they make a, a purchase, especially um, a high of ticket. Kind. Yeah, of any kind. Right. So anytime yeah. they can get their hands and eyes and ears on something just to test it out is, is great. And then you can give them a number of different offerings, you know, depending on what you're selling, but you probably have different levels of service. If you're a service-based business and you have also different products in different categories. So even like with cars, you know, just there's different, uh, even for um, luxury cars, there's entry level and then there's the really supreme luxury, like, you know, say Mercedes, they have kind of entry level model all the way to the, you know, ones that cost six figures. So instead of discounting, you have different um, tiers of products and services for people to test out or to get their first taste of what you have to offer. And then if they want more, if they want the, the higher value one, they can go, go up and, and purchase more or, you know, invest more. So instead of the discounting per se is maybe you just have different t- tiers of, of, of entry uh, for your customer, be able to kind of to um, test you out and experience you. And then if they want more then they can certainly purchase a higher, higher level model or something like that. And I heard a quote, I forgot who said it. It was someone on some kind of Facebook video, I think that I was watching, but he was saying people get ad- addicted to discounts, but they don't get addicted to free. <laughs> I thought that was that was I thought that was really interesting because I think with discount there's still a, a some, something communicated with okay here's a middle ground but something with free it's it's really uh, just kind of straight up like it's just one way like I'm giving this to you I want you to try it out at no risk for you mm-hmm. and so I think there's something communicated there as well whereas discount is like okay um, let's work together here on on a middle ground <clears throat> yeah yeah so. Now, what was the quote again? Repeat that. He said uh, people get addis- addicted to discounts, but they don't get addicted to free. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Um, so, yeah, the art of pricing, it gets a little tricky because it is, like I said, it is an art. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I think where, but when you spend the time in doing this, inevi- invariably what happens is at least you're going to get closer to the price that you're worth. You know, getting that, that correct value-based price is, is very tricky. You may not get it first time out of the gate, but if you really spend the time to think about the value of what you have to offer and what you bring to your customers, your, your price will get a lot closer to value-based approach than what I see typically is that cost-led approach is when they take their cost of goods and market up a percentage, yeah. 50%, 60%, even 100%. Um, because typically that just leaves them short because they don't consider a lot of other aspects of what they're worth. You know, they're just looking at strict costs and then 
marketing it up, but that time and investment into developing this product and service, into into building this business, into providing the quality of service um, that you're doing to be dedicated to constant innovation, you know, constantly improving upon your your business, upon your product and service. You know, that stuff in the background, you can't always put a number to, but your customer will appreciate on the back end because they're getting a better experience. Right. Right. Ultimately, it's about the experience. What are you selling? You're selling an experience. You're not just selling the actual product or service that you're, you're, you're talking about, but there's a whole experience that gets wrapped up around that. And that whole experience mm-hmm. means, you know, adds value. So just going back to the coffee, you know, there's the product, the pure product of, of the coffee beans and then sure, there's the rent that you pay in the coffee shop and all that, but that experience, that ambiance that you create adds that additional value that is worth charging for. Mm-hmm. So I hope that helps. Yeah. <laughs> kind of that uh, visual um, because it is, it, it is tricky, but hey, spend the time <clears> to really <throat> appreciate your value and even talk to your customers, potential customers, and you'll very get closer to your value-based price than, than not. Yeah. So um, when you set your value, here's one situation I wanted to ask you about. But if, if there's a potential client who you know is a door to many more clients and you feel like it's a big opportunity, right? Uh, you know, if, if there's a lot of weight to this client's words, you know, mm-hmm. to the people around him, um, would you, would do, do you give, you know, discounts in those situations, like just based on that? Or, or does that just kind of depend on the type of service? I mean, is that something that you would do? Well, it, just, it depends. I guess the, the answer, the answer yeah. is it depends. It depends on your relationship and so forth. And so um, there's been times we work out a kind of co-marketing, a co-branding deal. So mm-hmm. it's not so much a discount, but we're exchanging value. So okay. I don't, that's why I never like to use the word just discount anyway. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. I will, you know, in exchange for, you know, connecting me to, maybe some of your group or co-marketing, you know, mm-hmm. you promote my, my, some of my products and service and, and I'll promote yours or whatever. When you come up with some kind of trade mm-hmm. of value, then I can bring my price down because I'm getting the difference right. in the price point is comes from trade. Right. right. So just make so, sure it's communicated. And- so, yeah, you, so you got to understand your value, right? So mm-hmm. you know what you need to charge. And then if there's going to be any kind of discounting or trading, you still got to trade value for value at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. so that's, that's the approach I would take. I would never do a straight discount because I think he can introduce me to um, potential mm-hmm. clients or something like that. Right. There has to be some actual formal arrangement around that. Gotcha. Um, Cause otherwise you might, you're going to get disappointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right. definitely no. here's, here's a, here's my price. Right. And then sometimes they might come back to you and say, hey, you know, I can get you in front of so-and-so or I can, I, I can mm-hmm. promote your, your product over here or whatever. Um, would you be willing to make a trade? Mm-hmm. And so that's always a better conversation than, hey, will you discount me because I can do that, whatever. But um, Right. Yeah. So does that help? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. So, hey, this is a, a great discussion um, on art, the art of pricing. Um, I hope it didn't, the, for the, especially for those listening, I hope the, uh, the waters didn't get even muddier. <laughs> like I said, the art of pricing is, you know, it is tricky. It is subjective at the end of the day. Um, but what you'll find is you will start to, you know, as you start asking that question for yourself and even from your customers, 
and the feedback you get um, will help you start to appreciate your own brand and then also say, you know, I'm worth a little bit more than I'm charging. Here's, I think, where I should be at. And when you go after the customers that, are, that do appreciate that, you're going to get, you know, sometimes you don't need a ton of customers. You just need the right ones to pay you what you're worth. All right. I think I used the, um, my client, the uh, example of a client um, last week. I used the example of one of my clients where we had to almost double their price. And so were we going to lose customers? Absolutely. But we were okay with that because they can lose 70% of their customers but make more money. They would make more profit. So it's not so much about the top line all the time. People get too enamored about the top line, but it's like, how do we make a profit? How do we pay everything plus make a profit? And in this case, with that increase in price meant we didn't have to sell more product, right? We could sell actually less, but make more money because our margins were so much more. Right? So more that's, time. yeah, and saves more time and also helps them help them focus <clears throat> on who their ideal customer was. They were trying to market, like I said earlier in this conversation, they're one of those those um, businesses that were trying to market to everyone. Well, their target market, their ideal target market, were these corporations that can build, buy multiple units at a time of their product versus they were trying to sell too much retail to individual people that were just going to buy one at a time. And their product had much more value than even the, the typical um, customer would appreciate, but the corporations really appreciated. So shifted where to spend their marketing and even their sales dollars, right? And they became more efficient even in sales. And so, you know, going through that exercise and really going going on a limb and say, no, I'm worth 50% more or 80% more, um, that'll just help you fine-tune who your ideal target market is and go after them. Mm-hmm. So, hey, any last uh, parting words before we take off here? Yeah, one quick thing. Um, yeah, just pricing... Um, I just want to talk a little bit. If any of you watchers are interested in learning more about pricing and uh, just not sure, you know, where to start or you know, kind of have a block of, you know, coming to a final conclusion of this is what I want to price. Um, and he's not, he's not paying me to do this, but I seriously recommend <laughs> just call Robert, just give him a call and say, Hey, can we, can we have like a consultation or something? And um, he'll really have your back. Well, we, we went over this together and I just know the value of it and how much it's helped my company. Eventually it has helped me spend more time with my family and doing things that I, you know, I'm passionate about, um, outside work, but thing that he went over me, not coming with a price based on what I've done or what I'm doing, but what I need to do in the future, you know, the pricing really helped me to envision what I want to grow into, you know, the building I want to grow into, right. The team that I want to build. Um, you know, in the next couple of years. And he helped me to factor that in, you know, so that I can have more confidence about, you know, why I'm pricing what I price. And so, um, so I know a lot of these conversations can maybe create more questions. And um, so if any of you guys are watching or, or listening to this, uh, definitely just give him a call and just say, Hey, um, do you have any insight on what I'm doing? So once again, he didn't pay me to say that. But <laughs> I just really believe in what he's doing. So and he, I know he could help you guys. Oh, thanks a lot, Eric, man. It means a lot. That's cool. Yeah. So the thanks, Eric. Thanks for hanging with me again this Thank week you. and for the conversation. And uh, yeah, even, even <clears throat> the plug. Um, so everyone, uh, thanks again for all of you for listening, tuning in to the Purpose and Profitability podcast and even on Facebook Live. If you've got any other business questions or topics that you'd like to hear about in the future, go ahead and email me directly at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61 
www.businessdevelopment.com. Or for those of you that are already on the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability, go ahead and just put that in the comment section or in the post. Just go ahead and um, you know post what you'd like to hear more about. Uh, if you're not already on the Facebook page, go ahead and to the Purpose and Profitability Facebook page. <laughs> so tune in next week as uh, I will be with Kevin Steib of uh, SBA Los Angeles as we talk about the holy grail of marketing and sales. Thank you again for listening. This is Robert Fakui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit PurposeAndProfit.com.